Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. pastoring now and been 32 years as a Christian and in that 32 years as a Christian I've sought the face of Jesus like it's been the most important thing for me is that Jesus becomes real to his people because that's how he showed himself to me when I was first born again He came to me and revealed himself to me. He looked into me. He saw me. It was the real Jesus. And I've always longed for the real Jesus to be made manifest in his church and to his people. In fact, when when the Lord asked us to pioneer a church, someone came to us and said, you know, just God's calling you to start a church, but he wants you to do it like nothing you've seen before. Can you imagine that? Like say, okay, what, so we don't have the white, plastic seats, we don't have the lights, what what do we do? Like, do we go out in a paddock? Like, like, how do we do it like nothing we've ever seen before? And it was like the Lord was saying, like, every step that you take, I want you to seek my face, and I want you to not take a step without asking me first. I, I don't want you to make a move without knowing that I'm in it. I don't want you to do anything that is according to the mind of man or what man would... what man needs or what man sees or what pleases man, but always asking me what I want to do. And so I feel like in that, that Phil and I have always been in tune with the ebbs and flows of the Spirit of God. Sometimes we've missed it. Sometimes, you know, everyone misses it. But we feel like that we've been close to the heart of God and said, God, what is for this season? What is for now? I think it's so important to understand what is being said in heaven so that we know what is happening on earth. You know, we try and work out what's happening on earth without asking heaven, but if if God's in control of all things, how can we possibly work out down here what's going on if we don't ask him up there what's going on first? Because otherwise we just look at it and it's all confusing. But when we go up and we ask God and we ask, say, God, what is happening? What is going on in the earth today? Where is your church? What is happening you know, in my life, in my family, in my ministry, what's happening for this season of my life? When we ask him, then we get a clear picture. Who loves clear pictures? Who loves to see and know? Because the Bible says that people without a vision will perish. We must always have a vision. And so this week I was waiting on the Lord. It's been an incredible week, and I'll share some of that with you, not just the women's conference, but leading up to the women's conference. You know, we've had some pretty great encounters with God this week. Um, I just love it. I just love it. You know, there are times when God comes, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And, and, and when you're in those seasons of God coming, you know, I, I urge you, and Phil was urging you this morning, open up your heart because when God wants to come and he wants to come in a, in a certain way and we open up our heart to that, we can be changed. You know, our lives can be changed. Our circumstances can be changed. Our kids can be changed. Our jobs can get changed. Everything can change. And it all lines up with where God wants us to be right now. It's, it's just so beautiful. So we've had a great week this week. But 
The Lord gave me this word, and we just turned 1 Kings 17. Tonight, Ra is going to be preaching. Stand up, Ra, and wave. Yeah, I was supposed to be preaching tonight, and Phil was supposed to be preaching this morning. But we heard the Lord, and the Lord said, I preached this morning, and Ra needs to preach tonight. I said, yes, sir. Okay. So if God said it, then it's going to be amazing tonight, and I encourage you. I'm coming out to hear the word of the Lord, and I want to receive what Ra has to bring tonight too. It's going to be amazing. In 1 Kings 17, 7 to 24, we see this story. Just if we can turn that down on stage a little bit there. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, we're just talking about Elijah. So the prophet Elijah, there was a time where he prayed that it wouldn't rain because he was trying to bring, you know, order and trying to bring people to the Lord. And so he, he prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. And then it goes on. This is the continuation of the story. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Sarabath. Serapath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Just, just keep that in mind. He's, he said, I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. You know, sometimes God speaks and we're not hearing. Like he'd spoken to this woman. I've commanded this woman to supply you with food. And we'll see in the story that she hadn't really heard God. She'd not been listening because she was so consumed in her problems, in her stuff, that she hadn't even heard God say that. But he said he said it. And so he went to Sarabath, and he came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and asked, would you bring me a little water? See, he's thinking, okay, God's spoken to this woman. She's heard God. And so she's going to be ready to, you know, look after my needs. And this woman's sort of looking at the prophet you know, uh, as it comes in, and she hasn't heard God, although God's spoken. It's gone out. The word's gone out. And she's looking at him, and he says to her, would you bring me a little water and a jar so that I may have a drink? And you've got to understand, at this time, there's, great, there's a great drought, which has caused a great famine. This woman has just got her head down. She's probably filthy. She probably hasn't had a bath for who knows how long. There's no water. Um, there's no food. She's got a son. Um, she's trying to care for his needs. She's obviously a widow, so she doesn't have a husband to provide for her. So the cares of the world are on this woman. And all she can think about is, woe is me, my problems. I'm, you know, I'm just gathering these few sticks here. I'll read the rest of the story because I'm going ahead of myself. I get excited. And it says, um, yeah, bring me a little water so I have a drink. Um, So she's just gathering these sticks. As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me a piece of bread. Can you imagine what that would be like? Like the man of God says to you, like you're starving, you're trying to feed your kids, you know, you're trying to make ends meet, you're in a terrible place. You think the prophet of God would come and just like put some oil on your wounds and give you a hug and, oh, you poor thing, you know. Um, You know, but he says, no, no, like give me a drink and give me some food. And, um, and this is like, this is weird. She could be really offended right now. And as surely as the Lord lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, 
don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, Elijah's trying to get her to look at a different perspective. Elijah's trying to get her to, he's looking at her thinking, you need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to hear what God's saying about your situation, about this situation. You need to hear God. You need to change your whole perspective here and hear God. And, and, you, and you can't be afraid. You know, fear drives us from God. Fear of not having enough. Fear of starving. Fear of providing. Fear of, you know, trying to protect our kids. Fear of, you know, not having a husband and being alone. And, you know, the whole fear drives us from God. The first thing he says to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Face your circumstances, but don't face them with what you have. Don't face your circumstances with your few little sticks. Put down your sticks and hear the Lord. Put down your sticks and hear that God has spoken and you've missed it because you're too concerned with your situation. And he says here, don't be afraid. Go home. And do as you have said. So he says, go home, get your little bit of flour, get a little bit of oil, make this bread, and we're going to feed you and your son. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her, And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So here we have a drought. It's causing a famine, desperate situation. You know, woman in a terrible place. Woman and a son about to die. They're facing, you know, just devastation. And this prophet just enters And he brings the word of the Lord. You know, have you ever been in a place like that, you know, spiritually? I know that the church goes through ebbs and flows. The church of God and even in our own Christian lives and us as Christians, we go through ebbs and flows where we, you know, we're just, we're starving. We're getting whatever bit of bread we can get, whatever little morsel of God we can get. And we just think, no, I've got to keep it all to myself because if I, I haven't got enough to give away and I haven't, you know, and I'm going to die of starvation. And then the prophet of the Lord comes along and changes our perspective, changes our vision, starts to get us looking differently because the prophet of the Lord has heard from God and God's trying to speak to you, but, but you're not listening because you're so stuck in your circumstances and so stuck in this season of your life that you can't hear God. And so the Lord says, that he does nothing without first speaking through his prophets. He does nothing without declaring it through his prophets. And so that's why the prophetic voice is so important in the church. That's why it's so important that we release the people that hear God in seasons when we don't. That's why it's so important to submit to that gift and allow that gift to flow through the church and why that gift is always under such an attack in the church. Why that gift? Because if, if, if Satan can cut the prophetic gift from the church, he can, he can close the ears and shut the eyes of the church. And the people will just be wandering around picking up sticks. You know, there's a, particular, there's a particular place in Amos where Amos was another prophet that was speaking about a famine that would come. And he said, because he's talking about in future. Now, I don't know when that future is. 
It could be now. It could be soon. It could be here. It could be, we could be living in it because it's a prophetic word that speaks of a time to come. In Amos 8, 11 to 13, it says this, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the lovely young women and strong young women will faint because of thirst. Wow. The lovely young women and strong men will faint because of thirst. You know, we have to understand the interpretation of this word. When he says there'll be a famine of the hearing the words of the Lord, he's speaking there about the prophetic voice. That there'll be a famine of the prophetic voice. There'll be a famine of the prophetic word. That men will begin to speak the word of God from their own understanding. And there will be people that are so hungry and thirsty to hear what God is saying, not what man is saying. And they'll be running from church to church, from place to place, so thirsty and so hungry, not even knowing what they need, but knowing that they're not receiving it, looking for the word of the Lord, looking for the prophet's voice, looking again to hear. You know, there was like 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There was 400 years of silence. And then what was the first thing that came on the scene? One who came in the wilderness, bringing the word of the Lord, John the Baptist. The prophet came after 400 years of silence to prepare the way of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. And that's why, that's why the enemy wants to cut that gift off. That's why he wants to shut you down from hearing God yourself. And, and you know, we all hear God. We all, you know, there's prophets and there's prophetic people, but everyone, we are a prophetic people. The Bible says that he will, in Joel, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will pour out my spirit on all my people, on my maidservants, on everyone. I believe even on the children. You know, I'm going to pray for the children at the close of this service. I just feel like it's an anointing for the children this morning. But you know, like um, Tash went down to Kids Church, was it last week? You know, and so she was just filling in. She's not one of our usual Kids Church workers, but she was just blown away by the kids. And when she asked them to pray, the prayers that was coming out of the children, not like little children's prayers, oh, please bless mommy, please bless daddy. You know, the prayers that were coming out, they were just so mature and, and so beautiful because there was a flow. Did you say that? Yeah. A flow of God. Even in the children, you know, there can be a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. There's a hunger. There's a deep hunger deep inside of us that, you know, that, that, knows, that knows when we're connecting with God or not. You know, we can, we, can, we can just go through our lives. We can read our Bibles. We can say prayers. We can go to church. We can serve in church. We can do all the stuff. We can look like a good Christian, but inside we're dying, we're in famine. Inside we're getting our little sticks, getting ready to die. And we don't want to tell anyone about it because it's like, you know, I'm a good Christian and all that sort of stuff. And, and we just keep serving, we keep doing, and we keep, 
And then we get grumpy because we're doing it out of a wrong heart. We're doing it because, you know, well, I just do this stuff because it's what you do as a Christian. And it comes out of the wrong heart because we lose our love. You know what it says in the last days, a third of the church will fall away? You know why a third of the church will fall away in the last days? It says because of cold love. Cold love. In other words, they'll be doing the stuff. They'll be going through the motions of the stuff but it'll be out of a wrong heart. Why? Because they've lost their connection with the one who is love. They've forgotten. You know, they've forgotten because the the truth has not been, yeah, wow. Yeah. So in the middle of the drought, in the middle of a drought, the prophet comes in and the first thing He says to this woman, bring me some water. The first thing in the middle of a drought, he says, bring me some water. And I believe he's trying to awaken in her the fact that God had spoken and she hadn't heard. He's trying to awaken in her something that says, he's saying to bring me water in the middle of a a drought? Does that mean God is here? (laughs) You know, how much of the church is just crying out that God would just come to church? That God would just turn up? I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through the motions of church. I don't want to come to a church where God isn't there. I don't want to, I don't want to play games. This is not a game. I don't want to set up a cubby house church with great lights and everything, all the bells and whistles. But see, Jesus was present. He was present. He came down. He walked with the people. He was was right there with them. It was real. It was tangible. It was real. Ephesians 5.26 says this, To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. You know, I, I... I came into the, to church for a prayer meeting this week and I was saying, you know, God, what is it? Show me, show me what it is that, I, that we need to pray. Like, I'm feeling, God, you want to do something so special. And I actually walked through those plans at the back there. I sort of went through the middle of them to get through there. I don't know why, why I didn't just walk the normal way, but I just, because God wanted me to walk through the middle and I, as I walked through, I felt that I just felt that the, the palms went, geez, they're dry. And then I looked at the soil of the plants. I thought, someone forgot to water these things. And all the leaves are like this, and it's so dry. And so I got the, 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 the prayer people, and I said, we're going to do a prophetic act here right now. The Lord's shown me that we need to pray about the washing of the word over the hearts of the people, that their hearts are dry, that church is dry, not our church, just our church, everywhere. It's dry. And we need the the washing of the word. We need God. And so I got the prayer people to fill up jugs and said, no, don't just pour the water on there because it'll just run off. It's so dry that if you pour water on it, it's just going to run off and they're not even going to get water. It'll just run straight through. And I said, pour it slowly. Just pour it slowly. Just let, you know, and that's what, that's love. You know, you just 
the word comes with love and it's like, yeah, I can take that. Ooh, that I can feel the water of the word washing me. It's washing me because it's coming with love, because it's coming with the Holy Spirit, because it's coming with the arms of the Father around me, because it's coming with Jesus, the sound of Jesus' voice, the sound of Jesus' footsteps is on that word. And then it goes down into the roots, and, and, it, and the roots start to suck it. And it says in the Bible, may the root, your roots go down deep. In Ephesians, I think it's like ch- chapter 3, 26, somewhere around there. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. We need the washing of the Word. You know, the Word can be dry. Do you know that, you, you know, Smith Wigglesworth said, you'll either pre- the word, if you preach the Word, you'll either preach death or life, depending on what's in you, depending on what's inside of us. You know, the Word can be dry, it can be living and active. The Word can be written or it can be revelatory. The Word can bring death or life. We need, we need living water. We need living word. You know, there's times where we know, you know, have you felt this? Like, I've got to get some word into me. I've got to get the word of God into me. How many of you have been there? Just go, I need this. I know I'm dry. And then you read the word and it's just like, just reading words. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess it's doing me some good. And then you read it, and then you put it down. And you sort of put it aside and forget about it. You forget that it's the vital source of your life. You put your Bible down, and it gets a bit dusty, and you might pick it up occasionally and read a scripture and hope it does you some good. You know, the disciples were like this in Matthew 16, 5, 7 to 10, verse 5 and 7 to 10. And we'll just pick the story up here. It's just picking a story up. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. They discussed this among themselves and said, is it because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked, you have a little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls you gathered? He says in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, he will never grow hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. John 6.48.51 says, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. There's a lot of people that eat the word, yet they're still dying. The word has to have life. It has to have the spirit. It has to have the water on it. It has to have Jesus. It has to be the now. It has to have the revelation of heaven. It has to have heaven on it. It has to have an open heart that's watered by the word. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. This bread is my flesh. Jesus is inside your Bible. Jesus is inside the words that we preach. Jesus should be inside every word. 
that comes to you. Let Jesus stand up inside it. When you read it, ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation of Jesus and let the word wash you because it is the bread of life. Amen. Don't starve. <clears throat> Matthew 6:11 said, "Give us this day our daily bread." Now I know Jesus was talking here about provision. But he never just speaks about one thing with one set of words. One little line can just we can eat that bit of food and and just bring up so much revelation. Give us this day our daily bread. He's talking about our natural food. He's talking about our spiritual food. He's speaking about the bread that we need every day that comes from him. The word of God that comes, the now word of God, the prophetic word of God, the revelatory word of God that comes from him straight into your heart. He says here, <clears throat> Matthew 4.4, 4, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's amazing, you know, I like, <clears throat> like I'm very prophetic and, and, I, and I hear God and hear God in all kinds of ways. <clears throat> but we sat under a prophet this week and, and he said something that just opened up so much to me. Because I, you know, if somebody said to me, how do you hear God? Is it just pictures? Is it this? Is it that? You know, how do you hear God? I would just say, oh, no, no. I like, I've tried to work it out over the years. Oh, some people see visions. I, sometimes I see visions. Um, some people get words, written, you know, I see words sometimes. Sometimes I see pictures. I guess I hear them in all kinds of ways. But this guy said, that God speaks in everyday ways. He uses natural things always in his word to explain the supernatural. He's speaking about bread and he means his word. You know what I mean? He's speaking about water and he means the spirit. He's speaking about oil and he means the anointing. And he said that God speaks in everyday language. And he said, if you would just listen, you would hear God speaking to you all the time. But we think it's like, oh, Father, you know. And then you hear this voice from heaven, this is God. And it's like, be still, my son, while I speak the word of the Lord to you. And the, the mountains quake and all that kind of stuff. Like, come on, that's movies and Old Testament. But God just speaks to us naturally like a father speaks to a son or a daughter. And he was talking about that. And he was talking about different instances in his life, how God just spoke to him through normal things and everyday things. And I went, Wow. That's how God talks to me, but I haven't been listening. And like this woman, you know, God said, I've already told this woman. I've said it. But maybe she is like not looking at the natural things. She's got the flour. She's got the oil. She's got the natural things that God wants to speak to her about, but she's not hearing God speak through the natural things. She's looking for a big supernatural miracle. She's looking for the big things. But God wants to speak through the everyday things. So I said, God, I'm so excited about this. I can't believe it. I just want to hear you. And so he said he just gets up every morning and he calls them signs. He calls them natural signs that God speaks to. He gets up every morning and he says to God, God, what are the signs for me today? So I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I'm in my bathroom brushing my teeth. I'm really excited. 
what are the signs for me today, God? And, um, and I'd, so I just start doing my hair and, and I'm just, I'm looking at my hair in the mirror and I go, gee, my hair looks shiny. And it's like, oh, it's been so dry lately. My hair's been so dry and I've been trying different product and nothing's working. And then I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I used this little jar of oil last night on my hair that Gail gave me four years ago. And I tried it and it didn't work. And so I gave it to Gemma. And apparently it didn't work for Gemma's hair because it's been sitting in her cupboard for four years. But somehow Gemma must have cleaned her cupboard out and she's put it back in my cabinet. I've seen it. I thought, oh, we'll give that a go. And it worked. And the Lord said to me, that's your sign for today. The oil you used to use, which worked, that didn't work in that season, try it again. It's going to work in this season. Pour out the oil that I'm giving you in this season that didn't work in last season. It's going to work in this season. And I was like, ooh, okay. Ooh, that was fun. And so, you know, and it just happened to me all day like that. And then I went down to the shopping center and it's packed out with cars and I'm thinking, and I always pray for a car park. Who does that? I do. Always. Breaking the traffic, you know, Wyong Road, you know, it's like, I say, Lord, break. And then all of a sudden there's nothing for miles and 50 cars get out. I said, that was because of me, everybody. It's because of me. You can thank me later. And um, it's my prayer. And, and so I'm at the car park at the Westfields. I hate parking at Westfields, and there's no car parks. And I said, Lord, please, you know, just a car, get just a car spot. And there's this guy with his reverse lights on. I said, thank you, that's mine, I see that. And I'm sitting with my blinker on, and the guy starts to reverse out, and then he goes back in, and I said, oh, darn. You know, he was just straightening up, you know. But then he's going, he's, he's disappearing, and I said, where the heck are you going? And I pull up close and I realized the car in front of him had moved. And so he could just drive straight out. And there was two car parks there for me. So I just pulled into that one. I went right through so I didn't have to reverse out later. And I had a beautiful little spot that I could just drive out of. And the Lord said to me again, whatever obstacles are in your way for this season, I'm going to move them. Even though it looks impossible, I'm going to move it. I'm not just going to give you a uh, you know, a small way. I'm going to open a way for you in this season. I just said, "Woo, okay, that was good." You know. And so here's this woman. You know, if she just would have looked at her natural around her, God would have spoken to her through her natural. He would have said, "See this flower? See there's a man of God. He's going to come. He's going to ask for something to eat. Give him something to eat, and then I'm going to provide everything for you." Problem solved. But she's just so you know caught up in. She doesn't see the God in the natural. She doesn't see the God in the natural. You know what I'm saying? You know, we don't need a prophet to walk into our world and go, you have Jesus. You have him. He's right there. You know, there's so many words. I I felt this morning God say, there's so many words caught up in heaven that God just busting to say to you. And they're all stuck halfway down. You know, because we didn't receive them. We didn't hear him. We didn't, you know, you don't have to go and lock yourself in the room, fast and pray for three weeks to hear God. We're in the New Testament. God wants to speak all the time. We boldly come into his presence. We can be driving in the car. We hear God. Just hear him in the natural. 
Just hear him in every natural situation. Wow. <clears throat> and so I, I, I continue to ask God, and what's going on, God? What are you doing? What are you doing? And we prayed over the plants at the back, and we prayed for the, you know, the watering of the word in your hearts for this season, for God to come and for God to speak. And then I was just like, had my eyes closed, because the last thing the prophet talks about in this scripture is the oil, you know, and I had my eyes closed and, and I saw this massive angel like just fly into this room and he was just huge, just wow, the wingspan and he just flew right up here and he was just here, way up here, hovering over the top of the stage. He had something in his arms like huge and I said, what, what, is, what is that? Who is that? And the Lord said to me, that's the breaker angel. And I said, what is the breaker angel, Lord? He said, see that jar that's in his arms? It's an alabaster jar. It's full of oil. It's like the oil that the woman broke over the feet of Jesus. I've got an angel that's coming, and he's like a breaker angel because he's going to break and he's going to smash this, this jar and it's going to pour out over this church. And I saw it pouring down. The Bible says that my people perish through lack of knowledge. When we were at this prophetic meeting the other night, the, the prophets prophesied over Phil and I, and he pointed to me and he said, there's a young man, music, in music, that you've, got to, that you've got to call up. It moves me when God, it's not the ones that we think. It's not like, you know, don't, don't think you have to have all the fancy gifts and all the flashy stuff. It moves me when God takes a humble, gentle quiet man and pours his spirit into him. The one that's been in worshipping God with a sheep no one knows. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.